The ACB Braille Forum, Volume 57, July 2018, Number 1. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Bart Morse in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 605-475-8154 and choose Option 3. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 712-775-4808. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at ACBNATIONAL or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Copyright 2018. American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents In Memoriam Marlena Lieberg, October 2, 1949 to May 11, 2018 By Denise Colley Reader's Memories of Marlena Lieberg President's Message Introducing the 2018 Leadership Fellows by Kim Charlson and Kenneth Semyon, Sr. Strategic Action Planning Team's Report by Eric Bridges. ACB Establishes the Legacy Fund by Tom Tobin. Staying Connected in St. Louis by Janet Dickelman. Focus on Membership, compiled by Artis Bazin. Passings. Here and There. Edited by Sharon Strakowski. High-Tech Swap Shop Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org. Give her the information, and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce List Serve. Send a blank email to announce subscribe at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org. Dot org slash M-A-I-L-M-A-N slash L-I-S-T-I-N-F-O slash A-N-N-O-U-N-C-E and type your email address and name where indicated. ACB Radio 
the place to be with people in the know. www.acbradio.org ACB Radio brings old-time radio drama to you 24-7 at www.acbradio.org slash T-R-O-V-E. To hear the ACB National Convention via ACB Radio, go to www.acbradio.org slash L-I-V-E. In Memoriam, Marlena Lieberg. October 2, 1949 to May 11, 2018 by Denise Colley Marlena Lieberg, former ACB secretary and second vice president, passed away in the early hours of May 11, 2018. She was 68. She was born Donna Vino on October 2, 1949 in Boston and traveled around the country before retiring to Burien, Washington, with her husband and soulmate, Gary Lieberg. Marlena leaves behind husband Gary Lieberg, brother Joseph Vino, and sister Sandy Smith. Marlena was born premature and blind. She was not expected to live, but persevered in making an impact on everyone she met and far beyond. Raised by a mother who believed in Marlena's capacity to do anything a sighted child could do, she attended public schools, rode bicycles, tap-danced, and went to summer camp to ride horses. At age 14, Marlena became the youngest person at that time to obtain a guide dog. Hubert Humphrey helped outfit her with clothes for the training, and they remained friends until his passing in 1978. Marlena has been a guide dog user for more than 60 years and has had nine dogs. In junior high school, Marlena was told she was not allowed to participate in gym class. After writing an impassioned letter to President Kennedy, the school was directed not to discriminate because of her blindness, and she went to gym class. These experiences ignited a fiery passion in Marlena, and as a young adult, Marlena became a fierce advocate and champion for rights for the disabled. Fighting for the rights of disabled people became her lifelong mission, one which she embraced and excelled at beyond what anyone could have expected. Marlena held many jobs over the years, including contract work with the National Park Service and the National Forest Service, and also owned her own company. Marlena was instrumental in the passing of Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, testifying before the House and Senate to ensure all people with all disabilities were included in the laws. Marlena lobbied Congress every year with the American Council of the Blind, ACB, to continue awareness and improve laws. In 2008, as the secretary of the ACB, she represented the organization at the World Blind Union Conference in Geneva, Switzerland. Marlena was a force to be reckoned with. She worked tirelessly to educate and improve the lives of all people with disabilities and discriminated against none. She is widely known and renowned in the blind and disabled communities as a fearless fighter and true champion. Gary and Marlena met, fell in love, and married in Alexandria, Virginia in 1997. In 2012, they moved to the Seattle area where Marlena continued her work at a record pace. She worked with Wells Fargo to create accessible ATMs, Albertsons, to create an accessible website for online grocery ordering, Starbucks in creating Braille gift cards, Trader Joe's for accessible pin pads, Apple to improve their voiceover, to consulting with Microsoft and the accessibility team, instructing them on what to focus on when creating accessible software. These are just a few examples. Perhaps one of her most noted accomplishments, one that would become key in helping her manage her life in the last years, is the advocacy work she and partner Sue Amateur did to create accessible pill bottles so she could remain independent in dispensing the medications she needed. Marlena was active in too many organizations to list, from the Lions Club to becoming an honored member of UW Delta Gamma Fraternity. She always found time for important causes. 
Marlena obtained her ham radio license, and Gary built a radio station studio in their house. She had her own show on ACB radio, and every Sunday night she would discuss issues important to the blind community and interview others. For ten years, Marlena and her audience enjoyed such interviews with great people like Ronnie Millsap, Dave Niehaus, and Eric Weinmayer, the first blind man to climb Everest. Marlena flew a plane, she drove a car, she hiked on trails, she took subways, went to her beloved Mariners games, attended inaugurations, concerts, and sang on stage with Stevie Wonder. Marlena loved to sing. She spoke to thousands, she spoke to one. She loved sitting in the sun, sipping wine and telling stories. She loved dressing up and had a huge shoe collection. Marlena was as classy as they come, inside and out. In 2012, Gary and Marlena moved to Burian Town Square. This vibrant community embraced them both and gave Marlena the independence she had been craving her entire adult life. After petitioning the city to install accessible crosswalks and wheelchair-friendly sidewalks, Marlena was now finally free to walk to any restaurant, nail salon, or pet store when she pleased. The entire community recognized Marlena and her guide dog. She was somewhat of a local celebrity and greeted everyone with a hug and smile. She never forgot a voice and would shock people by remembering their names. She educated everyone she met on the importance of her guide dog to her independence. She taught so many so much. Her love and light was bright and fierce until the last days. Marlena leaves behind a huge number of friends who feel the loss of her presence daily. A memorial service was held at St. Francis of Assisi in Burian on May 15th. In lieu of flowers, the family requests that donations be made in Marlena's name to Guide Dogs for the Blind, www.guidedogs.com slash s-u-p-p-o-r-t hyphen g-d-b slash d-o-n-a-t-e slash h-o-n-o-r hyphen m-e-m-o-r-i-a-l hyphen g-i-v-i-n-g. Reader's Memories of Marlena Lieberg it's been so difficult to read all of the heartfelt comments from everyone on the passing of Marlena. I was aware of how ill Marlena was, but she has been such a fighter for so long. I had hoped there would be one more miracle for her. When I learned of her passing, I was truly sad. But then what I was happy about is that she isn't in pain or struggling for her next breath anymore. I am imagining her with her strong, clear, beautiful voice, organizing all of the guide dogs and other advocates that left us previously to make everything wonderful for everyone in heaven. She just had such a way of making things happen and wanting to be there when change happened. Marlena and I shared many guide dog moments as early leaders in GDUI. People in Massachusetts always speak most highly of Marlena, as she was a vital part of forming the Bay State Council of the Blind. Since 2007, I really had the opportunity to work with her and get to know her even better, as we each served ACB as first vice president and secretary, respectively. When I was elected president in 2013, Marlena was right there serving as second vice president. We worked on many projects together and made many decisions for ACB. She will truly be missed by so many. What a legacy she will have. I am honored to have called her my friend. Rest in peace, Marlena, good friend. Kim Charlson Marlena and I met back in the early 80s and became close friends even though for most of that time we lived on different coasts. We enjoyed folk music and good food, and we would get together whenever possible for both. We spoke two weeks ago, and Marlena told me then that she was going to enter hospice care the following Monday. When Marlena moved in with Gary when he lived in Huntsville, Alabama, they took in a close friend of the two of us, a gentleman by the name of Scott Johnson who was dying of lung cancer.
They provided care for Scott during his final months. That's who Marlena Lieberg was and how I'll always remember her. She was unique. Mitch Pomerantz Wow, what a loss. It's certainly been a rough couple of months for WCB. I was very happy to see Marlena at Sue Amateur's funeral and take some time to visit with her. I had no doubt her time left with us was pretty short. Even so, she spoke with eloquence and feeling at the funeral. It was a real sacrifice for her to attend at all, because it's a fair distance from Seattle to the Olympic Peninsula. Marlena was a tremendous advocate for the blind, and truly made a mark in the field of blindness technology in her work with Traco. From her days acting as a receptionist for ACB, her involvement in the Bay State Council, and her most recent involvement in the Washington Council of the Blind, Marlena has been a strong and committed leader. She will definitely be sorely missed. Chris Gray I join the thoughts of so many of you about Marlena. I will only add a humorous memory, that she never let me live down. When I was resolutions chair, I had a braille note issue, and they dragged Marlena out of the swimming pool to solve my problem. She walked into the committee dripping wet, but of course handled things effortlessly, and never let me forget how I had deprived her of swimming time. Jeff Tom my heart is broken by the news of Marlena's passing. Karen's and my heartfelt sympathy go out to Gary and to Marlena's family. There are certain people you meet in life who are genuinely one of a kind. Marlena was one of them. She truly cared about other people in a special way. Like many of you, I have tons of Marlena memories. I'll just share a few here. One of my favorite ACB radio shows of all time was the Marlena Show, which used to run Sunday evenings at 10 Eastern. She made everyone feel special, especially those who called her show. She always asked how you were, and she really wanted to know. She always had a kind word to say about each caller after she hung up. Marlena and I shared a passion for wanting to do everything we could to make sure people with other disabilities in addition to blindness could fully participate in ACB. I remember one time on the convention floor, she brought up something about that subject. She got some blowback, and I took the microphone to support Marlena. She told me later she wanted to run right up there and give me a big kiss. If there was a more tenacious bidder at ACB auctions than Marlena, I don't know who. When Marlena saw something she wanted, look out, she probably was going to get it. If it weren't for Marlena, I may have never become ACB's first male secretary. In 2013, I actually was considering another office, but wanted to talk with some of the officers serving at that time to get their thoughts and advice. Marlena encouraged me to run for secretary, and a couple of times, when she couldn't attend a board meeting during her tenure as secretary, she asked me to take minutes. When I made the decision to run, she was the first person I told, and she said she'd been praying I'd make that decision. Marlena was a huge help to me in my first year as secretary, giving me good advice and encouragement. Finally, a lot of us talk the talk about wanting to bring younger people into ACB. Marlena walked the walk, bringing several younger members in, mentoring them and helping make sure they found their way in ACB. Marlena, rest in peace after a life well lived. I love you and I will miss you greatly. Ray Campbell Marlena was one of those remarkable people who touched many hearts and lives, not just in one way, but in many ways. She made a difference in multiple areas and was a tireless advocate, dedicated guide dog handler, technology enthusiast, and broadcaster. And that just scratches the surface of Marlena's impressive legacy. It was my great privilege to work with Marlena in two key areas, the early days of ACB Radio, when I was its founding director, and at Pulse Data Humanware, when I was Blindness Product Manager. Jonathan Mosen
I wanted to share with my ACB friends an audible memory of Marlena. Eric Bridges and I got shanghaied by Marlena late on a Tuesday night at convention in 2008 to appear with her during general session the next morning to talk about the legislation that would ultimately become the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act. Anyhow, it turned out to be a blast, and it was a lot of fun to share an improv stage with my buddies Eric and Marlena, and it is a happy memory of mine that I want to share with you all. You'll especially enjoy Marlena's improvised commercials she performs for this mock talk show format. God bless you, Marlena, and thank you so much for calling us your friends and for giving us so many reasons to smile. Hope this Dropbox link works for folks. T-I-N-Y-U-R-L dot com slash Y-C-O numeral four letter V numeral six letter Z numeral four. Mark Reichert. Marlena's death is such a loss to the blindness community and, of course, for all of us who knew and loved her. I met Marlena shortly after I came to work for ACB in the late 1990s. I was drawn to her upbeat demeanor, zest for living, and kindness immediately. Marlena and I had many friends in common, people who had grown up with her and had known her forever. They all shared so many, nearly all really funny, stories with me that in some ways I felt like I had known her forever. Over the years, we stayed in touch. Every time we connected, we enjoyed one another's company. Marlena was passionate about guide dogs and contributed so much enthusiasm and hard work on the national level as well as locally to the guide dog community. Who else would have one guide dog as her email address? I think we should retire that address in the way that we retire the jerseys of famous sports heroes. All of us will miss Marlena. All of us who loved her radio presence. All of us who called her up when we couldn't remember a Braille Note hotkey. All of us who shared a drink or a book or a book review or a joke or just a friendly hello. Rest in peace, Marlena. Penny Reader Caption Marlena Lieberg, sporting a bluish-purple shirt printed with several multicolored fish, stands up smiling as Robert Spangler, left, taps her on the shoulder to acknowledge her bid on an item at the 2013 auction. President's Message Introducing the 2018 Leadership Fellows by Kim Charlson and Kenneth Semyon Sr. As ACB approaches its 57th annual conference and convention, we continue to place more emphasis as an organization on investing in the development of new leadership talent for the future. A special grant from J.P. Morgan Chase, JPMC, permits ACB to continue to offer a program which will bring five ACB members with recognized leadership potential to this year's convention in St. Louis, Missouri. These individuals needed to satisfy three basic criteria, be 18 years of age or older, be blind or visually impaired, and be members in good standing of ACB. Each applicant had to be recommended by the president of their respective affiliate. Factors considered in the selection process included the applicant's reasons for applying for the leadership award, a brief summary of the applicant's education and relevant experience, number of years of membership in ACB, as well as previous conventions attended, if any, a description of one's role as a leader, and an assessment of what he, she, feels they bring to ACB. All award recipients receive round-trip transportation, hotel accommodation, double occupancy, per diem stipend for meals and incidentals, convention registration fee, and reception and banquet tickets. Recipients are expected to attend the convention from the opening session Saturday evening, June 30, through the Thursday evening banquet, July 5, and to participate actively in all convention activities, including the daily general sessions, 
special interest presentations, seminars, and workshops. The 2018 J.P. Morgan Chase ACB Leadership Fellows are Marie Brignas of Fairfax, Virginia, has served as President of ACB of Virginia for several years and also as Treasurer and Immediate Past President of the local chapter, Nova Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. She has demonstrated her commitment even while experiencing vision loss and other health complications by actively serving in a number of positions on the local and state levels. She has worked for the Virginia Industries for the Blind and the Virginia Department of Taxation. Marie's community involvement includes being co-chair of the Fairfax Access Services Advisory Board and volunteering for the Equal Rights Center. Darian Slayton Fleming resides in Gresham, Oregon, and is a longtime member of ACB of Oregon. She has held several leadership roles, including president of the Multnomah chapter for several terms, a founding member of the Metro PDX chapter in Portland, and service as program coordinator and president of ACB Human Services Professionals. She attended Western Oregon University and worked as a resident assistant in the dormitory system, then moved on to Oregon State University to earn a Bachelor of Science in Child Development and Family Life. She obtained her master's degree in social work from the University of Washington School of Social Work, earned her certification as a Vocational Rehabilitation Counselor, CRC, and later acquired her license as a Clinical Social Worker, LCSW. Darian is committed to being part of the future of ACB and ACB of Oregon. Deborah Debbie Rozier of Allentown, Pennsylvania, has been legally blind for most of her life. However, she has not allowed that to keep her from moving forward. She earned a degree in applied science as an early childhood education teacher. She returned to school to become a licensed massage therapist. Her work experience includes teaching in a large daycare center, working as a licensed massage therapist, and serving as a community support coordinator at Lehigh Valley Center for Independent Living. In 2002, she joined the Lehigh Valley Council of the Blind, and shortly thereafter began working on fundraising and membership development. She served as vice president and then advanced to president. As a member of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, Debbie has served as a conference convention presenter, has served on the PCB board, and on various committees. In the community, she is active with the Lions Club and the Ladies' Auxiliary. Michael Talley of Bessemer, Alabama, currently serves as First Vice President of the Alabama Council of the Blind. Upon graduating from the Alabama School for the Blind, he served in leadership roles in the Alumni Association. He studied at the University of Montevallo. Michael is licensed in the Business Enterprise Program, and he joined the Elected Committee of Blind Vendors and was elected as Vice Chair and then Chairman. Mike has also been a very active member of RSVA and, for several years, served on the Sagebrush Conference Planning Committee. He sings in his church's choir, serves on the Leadership Council, and is a Sunday school teacher. He is determined to learn, share, and grow. Deborah Deb Trevino of Newark, Delaware, recently relocated from Kentucky where she served the Kentucky Council of the Blind as first and second vice president and has been vice president of Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana. She also served on the board of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind and the board of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association. Deb has participated in several of the Crossroads Leadership Conferences. She earned a Bachelor of Arts from Washington Bible College and a Master of Divinity from Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. She continues to provide pastoral services in Delaware. Deb has also completed several courses from the Hadley Institute for the Blind, including instruction in English grammar and conversational Spanish. She has 15 years of experience in medical transcription. 
Her volunteer work includes needlework for charities, arts and crafts instructor for a senior center, administrating and knitting for two prayer shawl ministries, and creating and leading chapel services for the seminary community. Strategic Action Planning Teams Report by Eric Bridges In late January 2017, the ACB board, staff, and several state and affiliate leaders met in the Washington, D.C. area to develop a new plan for the organization. What came out of those meetings was ACB's Strategic Action Plan. What does this plan do? It guides the organization in five critical focus areas, advocacy, policy and legislation, affiliates and membership, convention and meetings, development, and marketing and communications. Each focus area has a set of goals, associated action steps, time frames, and accountable leaders to help drive change and ensure completion of the objectives. Toward that end, to facilitate accountability and transparency, each team submits periodic updates to me. I have decided to share these updates with you. Advocacy, Policy, and Legislation Team, Tony Stevens Advocacy rests at the heart of ACB's mission, and it plays a significant role in ACB's strategic plan. The strategic planning process allows for ACB to more effectively manage its daily resources and identify issues that yield the greatest progress toward fulfilling our mission. One of the greatest action items to come out of ACB's strategic advocacy planning is the creation of a new position dedicated to direct advocacy outreach and engagement. This new position has already helped to significantly expand ACB's bandwidth and capabilities toward more immediate response to the many issues addressed in the plan that come across ACB's plate daily. ACB's Board of Directors has set up three primary advocacy platforms for the organization. One, immediate and ongoing civil rights and equal access issues impacting our community. Two, expanding ACB's influence within the tech sector, from web accessibility to home appliances. Three, moving ACB's long-term agenda toward securing accessible currency. The immediate and ongoing issues take in a host of concerns, from voting rights and full inclusion in our society to rehabilitation, special education, and infrastructure reform. The second goal addresses particular access barriers tied to technology, such as website accessibility, but also includes new and emerging technologies that make up the Internet of Things, thanks in part to the rise of smart devices like Google Home and Amazon Alexa. This area has offered exciting growth for ACB as we continue to build relationships with the leading technology and accessibility-driven companies. We look forward to continuing to lead the way in advocating for technology that enhances our independence and opportunity for full inclusion in society. ACB remains committed to seeing the 2008 court case, ACB v. Paulson, brought to its final implementation. Even though the court ruled in our favor almost a decade ago, the Department of the Treasury continues to delay rolling out the first accessible currency note. While we remain hopeful, we know we still have a long road ahead of us. Convention and Meetings Team, Janet Dickelman the Convention and Meetings Team has been hard at work with all things convention-related. Beginning with this year's convention, ACB, in conjunction with the Academy for Certification of Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals, ACVREP, will offer continuing education credits to rehabilitation teachers and counselors, teachers of the visually impaired, low-vision therapists, orientation and mobility instructors, and other professionals. This is a wonderful opportunity for vision professionals to attend the convention and obtain CEUs while enhancing their careers and interacting with convention attendees. For more information, visit www.acb.org 
or refer to the article Continuing Education Opportunities with ACB in the March issue of the Forum. To ensure that individuals who are attending the convention as awardees have the best experience possible, we have set up one point of contact for these individuals for convention registration. We are also expanding the number of workshops and seminars ACB will cover for these attendees. This will provide more direction and enhance their convention experience. And the better the experience, the more likely our awardees will be to attend future conventions. Other convention and meeting initiatives are in the formative stage. Stay tuned to future issues of the forum for more information. Development Team, Tom Tobin Since I started with ACB in February 2013, ACB's development program has evolved into a well-run, effective program, starting with an annual development strategy and plan with improved structure and accountability. We've accomplished much over the years. Our top two accomplishments are 1. The establishment of the Legacy Endowment Fund and accompanying policy around how bequests are handled, offers structure and a formula for growth. For more information, see ACB Establishes the Legacy Fund elsewhere in this issue. 2. Adding structure and focus to ACB's grants program, including the development of a targeted grants pipeline that includes smaller family foundation prospects as well as larger corporate prospects. This produced ACB's first gift from the Dr. Scholl Foundation, the first gift from the Delta Gamma Foundation, a gift that was doubled in 2018, and ongoing support from the Aid Association for the Blind of Washington, D.C., and the Dreyfus Foundation, beyond the typical three-year grant cycle. Marketing and Communications Team, Katie Frederick Over the past year, the marketing and communications team has led the development of core organizational values, a new tagline, and new logo for ACB. The tagline, Together for a Bright Future, core values of integrity, advocacy, collaboration, and belief in democratic principles, IACB. And the newly redesigned logo provide clearer, more consistent messaging when communicating both within the organization and with external stakeholders. The new logo has the letters ACB in all caps, above Braille letters reading ACB. To the right of that is a divider line, straight from the top of the logo to the bottom. To its right it reads, American Council of the Blind, and below that, Together for a Bright Future. All of this is just the beginning for the marketing and communications team, however. For ACB to communicate in the most effective manner to targeted audiences, it is necessary to examine the various communication channels within the organization and determine how the channels are used to convey information to members and others interested in ACB. To this end, the members of the Marketing and Communications Group have compiled a list of ACB's communication channels and assigned staff responsibility for each channel. The next step the group undertook was writing down a list of the programs and services ACB provides and points of contact within the major program and service areas. Examples include the convention, ACB Radio, the Audio Description Project, etc. The purpose of this exercise was to determine, from those responsible for the particular program or service, the communication channels they use when promoting, whether there are more effective ways communication can be delivered about the particular program or service, and how ACB can ensure the most effective channels are used when communication occurs. This process takes significant time, but it is necessary for ACB to look at and understand the strengths and areas for improvement concerning communications and marketing. The marketing and communications team is also working on developing a marketing and communications plan, a monumental task. 
we are thrilled to be sailing in uncharted waters to ensure that ACB glides into a bright future. ACB Establishes the Legacy Fund by Tom Tobin Over the past two years, through lots of hard work by both staff and volunteers, ACB has balanced its budget and even produced a small surplus. As a result, ACB has stabilized its revenue streams, putting ACB in a position to establish an endowment fund. An endowment policy was written and presented at ACB's board meeting in February, and after some discussion and debate, the board unanimously adopted the policy. Bequests received from this point forward will be used to make sure adequate reserves are in place to cover annual operating expenses, and then the residual assets will be added to ACB's legacy fund. Over time, the legacy fund will grow, both through investment growth and through new bequests coming to ACB. At some point to be determined in the future, ACB will begin to draw from this endowment to help with annual operations. But perhaps most importantly, the Legacy Fund will ensure ACB's financial future and help to perpetuate ACB's important work for many years to come. To date, ACB has received three bequests and, using the formula above, will ensure board reserves and then add residual assets to the Legacy Fund. In short order, ACB's endowment has gone from being non-existent to over $1 million. One bequest we received is from a longtime supporter of ACB's work, Rhodes Schroeder, someone I had the privilege of knowing and a man who deeply cared about ACB's work. Another is from Louis Wagner, a career firefighter with no family. He left ACB a seven-figure bequest. What is truly amazing about this bequest is that ACB did not have a previous relationship with Mr. Wagner. Other bequests are pending. Staying Connected in St. Louis by Janet Dickelman The ACB Conference and Convention is fast approaching. Many of you will be reading this article as you are packing for Missouri. Convention dates are June 29th, through July 6th. Read on for information for convention attendees and those of you who will be staying connected from home. New this year. This year, in addition to large print and braille, you can ask for the program on NLS cartridge, deposit required, have it emailed directly to you, or download it in two ways. To download it from the web, Go to acbradio.org slash acb hyphen c-o-n-v-e-n-t-i-o-n. For the podcast feed, go to acbradio.org slash acb hyphen c-o-n-v-e-n-t-i-o-n dot xml. The program will also be available for download from our website or at the information desk. For those of you who are still thinking about attending the convention, it isn't too late. Don't miss out on the outstanding general sessions, informative seminars and programming, the fabulous tours, and the excitement of the exhibit hall. On-site convention registration is just $25. Or, if you are in the St. Louis area and plan to come for just one day, you can purchase a one-day pass for $5. Staying in touch from home. For those of you who will be unable to attend this year, there are many ways to be a part of all the action. With ACB Radio, you can stay connected with everything that is going on from the comfort of your home or office. Note, all times shown are central time. Be a part of the excitement of opening session. Listen to all the speakers and follow ACB business and elections. General sessions begin Saturday evening, June 30th at 7 p.m. Sunday through Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. to noon, and Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., and will be streamed live on ACB Radio. Also on ACB Radio Live Event, Hear what the candidates for ACB office have to say as they answer questions at the ACB Candidates Town Hall meeting. Wednesday, July 4th, 
at 7.15 p.m. Hear all the great performances from the Friends in Art Showcase on Monday evening at 7.30 on ACB Cafe. ACB's banquet, including the banquet presentation and musical offering by Michael Cleveland and Brian Allen, will be streamed on ACB Radio Mainstream and live event on Thursday, July 6th at 7 p.m. Once again this year, ACB Radio will be broadcasting one afternoon session as a live broadcast. All live broadcasts will be on ACB Radio Live Event. Other ACB committee sessions will be recorded and broadcast later in the day on ACB Radio Live Event. No computer? No problem. You can listen to ACB Radio over the telephone by calling 712-775-4808. Please keep in mind that long-distance charges apply for these calls. You can also listen to ACB Radio using Alexa. Just tell her... ACB Radio from TuneIn, and the name of the menu you are looking for, such as Mainstream, Cafe, or Live Event. Convention Announce Email List To subscribe to the Convention Announce List, just send a blank email to acbconvention subscribe at acb.org. Convention Newspaper. Keep up with what's going on at the convention with The Gateway Gazette, our convention newspaper. It will be published Friday, June 29th through Wednesday, July 4th. The newspaper will be posted to the convention announce list. Social Media. Follow the latest goings-on at the convention on Facebook and Twitter. To follow us on Twitter, go to www.twittercom acbnational, or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com/americanconcoftheblind. O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L Follow the convention via ACB Link on your iPhone. Download and install ACB Link from the iOS App Store. We will be sending out information and updates pertaining to the convention, for example, room changes. In addition, direct access to the ACB Convention Calendar and ACB Radio can be obtained from within ACB Link. For those of you who will be at the convention, make sure to visit the ACB Information Desk, where you will find material in Braille, large print, and computer downloads. Hotel orientation, local business information, and the convention newspaper are just some of the items that will be waiting for you. All information will be available in large print, Braille, and downloadable formats. Whether you are in St. Louis or staying connected with us from home, I hope you have a wonderful convention experience. Feel free to contact me anytime during the convention by phone 651-428-5059 or via email janet.dickelman at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing you in Missouri. Focus on Membership, compiled by Artis Bazin. ACB's Membership Committee held a call recently that dealt with the questions all state and special interest affiliate presidents receive about membership. The first question for participants to answer was, What do you consider to be your affiliate's strongest attribute for attracting and retaining members? Participants' responses included advocacy, having chapters, legislative updates, supporting one another, tech grants, identifiable access to libraries, conferences where information is shared, a first-timers seminar, first-timers breakfast, having a registration desk available to members at conventions, meet-and-greet time, the newsletter, the website, using different cities for convention, summer camps, 
adding new programs, giving tech help, express news in email, having audio-described show movie list, new content for the website, a toll-free hotline, state phone number, and having social gatherings. The second question was, what do you consider the biggest challenge for your affiliate in the area of membership development and retention? The number one issue was transportation. Other responses were getting the word out about meetings, getting youth involved in the affiliate, too many leaders have other commitments, members paying dues but not attending, people with other disabilities, finding willing leadership, and mentoring new people. Participants then tackled a final question. If you could learn one thing to help your affiliate grow and strengthen its membership, what would it be? Responses included increasing passion in members, communicating better and more often with members and friends, learning statistics and how to communicate them, how to find and get in touch with those losing sight, visiting senior centers, fundraising tools, city volunteer network, developing a referral list, giving new chairs, officers, board members, assistance when requested, and having an affiliate phone number. The membership committee holds quarterly focus calls. Please let us know what topics you'd like to have in the future. Our next focus call will be August 27th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. The information will come out via the Leadership and Membership List Serves. Passings We honor here members, friends, and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways. If you would like to submit a notice for this column, please include as much of the following information as possible. Name, first, last, maiden if appropriate. City of residence upon passing. State province of residence upon passing. Other cities, states, countries of residence, places where other blind people may have known this person. Occupation. Date of death, day if known, month, year. Age. ACB affiliation, local, state, special interest affiliates, or national committees. Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Annie Inez Reed Dilley, April 18, 1959 to February 8, 2018. Annie Inez Reed Dilley, 58, one of the three original founding members of the East Georgia chapter of the Georgia Council of the Blind, died February 8, 2018 of complications of cancer. She married Don Dilley in November 2002. Together, they wrote two books of poetry, Word Weavers and Reflections in the Life of a Poet, available on lulu.com, lulu.com. A perpetual caregiver, she cared for her grandparents and her parents until they passed through the Golden Gates. She cared for cousins, siblings, nieces, and nephews over the years. She picked up the nickname Aya, meaning caregiver, over the years. In accordance with her wishes, Annie's body will be cremated. A service will be held at Decatur City Cemetery at a later date. Anne Sims, August 31, 1938, to April 16, 2018. Anne Stevens Sims, 79, of Hapeville, Georgia, died April 16, 2018. Anne was a retired library clerk with the Georgia Department of Education and a member of Jonesboro First Baptist Church. She was preceded in death by a daughter, Donna Sims Roper, and her brother, Otis Stevens. Surviving are her husband, John M. Sims, children A.J. Sims, J.D. and Terry Sims, Anthony and Faith Sims, Jonathan Sims, Stephen Whitfield, Rebecca Sims, and Susan Randall. Ten grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. Funeral services were held April 19th in the chapel of Jonesboro First Baptist Church. Interment at College Park Cemetery followed.
Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb dot org, or phone the national office at one eight hundred four two four eight six six six, and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. CVS Talking Label Program. To read this announcement online, go to acb.org/access-a-med-launch. As part of its ongoing efforts to enhance accessibility and usability of prescription medications, CVS's local pharmacies now have the ability to dispense controlled substance medications with the Access A Med talking prescription labels. Patients seeking Access A Med labels for controlled substances should contact their local CVS pharmacist. Who will work to obtain the access a med device and get it to the patient? This may take a day or more, depending on availability. CVS will continue to dispense non-controlled prescription medications with Script Talk talking labels through CVS.com. CVS patients can sign up for Script Talk labels for non-controlled substances by calling one eight 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 six one four three six three. Patients who prefer to have non-controlled prescription medications with the Script Talk labels sent to their local CVS stores for pickup can make that request through CVS.com. As with any new effort, there may be bumps along the road. Please share your experiences, both good and bad, by emailing Kim Charlson at. K i m dot c h a r l s o n at p e r k i n s dot org, or Lainey Feingold at l f at l f l e g a l dot com. If you don't have email, you can leave a message for Lainey at five one zero five four eight five zero six two. When writing. Please be sure to include the location of your local CVS store. Thank you for using these new services and for sharing your experiences as we continue to monitor the implementation of this program. The Senses Exhibit. The Senses, Design Beyond Vision, launched in April at Cooper Hewitt, Smithsonian Design Museum in New York. To explore how multi-sensory design amplifies everyone's ability to learn, explore, and satisfy essential human needs and experiences, this exhibition, which runs through October 28, explores design through all the senses with interactive installations created in collaboration with more than 65 contemporary designers in the fields of product, interior. Graphic and interaction design, data visualization, scent design. You'll be able to wander through a scented snowstorm, play a furry instrument in a tactile orchestra, investigate the sonic properties of glass, and much more. The exhibition features labels with key elements in Braille, and a custom smartphone app that will connect visitors to exhibition content via text or audio. Additional accessibility features include audio descriptions explaining the visual content of videos. Dallas Lighthouse to merge with Envision. Envision recently announced that it is welcoming the Dallas, Texas-based Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind into the Envision family. Operations will continue as normal in Dallas, and the Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind name will be retained. Spirit donates to Envision's Child Development Center. 
Envision has received a $15,000 gift through Spirit Aerosystems Good Neighbor Fund to sponsor a pre-K classroom at the Kathy G. Hudson Envision Child Development Center, ECDC. The donation will support tuition assistance for low-income families, as well as meals, rehabilitation fees, and field trips for the integrated classroom, which includes children who are sighted, blind, and visually impaired. New from National Braille Press Just in time for the 4th of July, National Braille Press is making copies of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States available in Braille and downloadable BRF. Limit one per customer. For more information on any of these books, contact National Braille Press, 88 St. Stephen Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02115-4302. Phone 1-800-548-7323 or visit www.nbp.org slash ic slash nbp slash publications slash index dot html. Unique Braille Gifts Loving Touch Connection offers hand-painted glassware and decorative items with raised braille. Kathy Keck, the artist and owner, has been customizing her art with raised braille messages on wine glasses, martini glasses, coffee mugs, salt and pepper shakers, beer mugs, pilsner glasses, canisters, spice jars, and more for over five years. Each message is brailled in Grade 1 English. French and Spanish options may be special ordered. Designs include butterflies, grapevines, sunflowers, rainbows, or smiley faces. The paint is slightly raised so the designs can be felt. All items are hand-painted using non-toxic paint. Products include Love My Dog Mug, $15. Palm trees, 5 o'clock somewhere, 16-ounce pub glass, $20. World's Best Grandma Coffee Mug, $15. Butterfly Wishes Live, Laugh, Love Martini Glass, $20. Vineyard Cheers Wine Glass, $25. Rainbow Love S&P Salt and Pepper Shakers, $20. Smiley Face S&P Salt and Pepper Shakers, $15. Cardinal and Bluebird S&P Salt and Pepper Shakers, $15. Cinnamon Spice Jar with Green Leaves and Vines, $10. The company also welcomes custom orders. Visit L-O-V-I-N-G-T-O-U-C-H-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N.com or email L-O-V-I-N-G-T-O-U-C-H C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N at G-M-A-I-L dot com for more information. Seeking Avon products? Alice Crespo is an Avon representative. If you're looking for Skin So Soft, Bug Guard, and other products to help you get through the summer, visit her store at www.youravon.com slash A-L-I-C-E-C-R-E-S-P-O or call 917-696-8115. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale, Optilic Compact 7 HD Visual Aid, rarely used, Comes with carrying case and all cables. Asking $250. Contact Nancy Dexter via email. N-A-N-C-Y-D-E-X-T-E-R-7-0 at G-M-A-I-L dot com. Or via phone. 203-426-0583. Wanted to buy. iPhone 6, 7, or 8 with Verizon. Would like a Braille Bluetooth keyboard or Google capability with it. Contact Tanya Smith at 734-767-6423.
Wanted to buy? ICOM Accent Synthesizer. Will pay reasonable price for working unit. Call Larry at 276-646-8228. ACB Officers. President Kim Charlson, 3rd Term, 2019. 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. First Vice President Dan Spoon, 1st Term, 2019. 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554. Second Vice President, John McCann, second term, 2019. 8761 East Placita Boulevard, Tucson, Arizona, 85715-5650. Secretary, Ray Campbell, third term, 2019. 460 Rain Tree Court, number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Treasurer, David Trot, first term, 2019, 1018 East Street, South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate Past President, Mitch Pomerantz. 1115 Cordova Street, number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, first term 2020. Denise Colley, Lacey, Washington, first term 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, final term 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, First term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio. First term, 2018. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Final term, 2018. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota. Final term, 2018. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia. Partial term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland. First term, 2018. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, partial term, 2018. Ex-officio, Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington. ACB Board of Publications. Ron Brooks, Chairman, Phoenix, Arizona, second term, 2019. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, first term, 2019. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, first term, 2018. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, second term, 2019. Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington, first term, 2018. Ex-officios, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio. Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. Burl Colley, Lacey, Washington. Carla Rushevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Accessing your ACB Braille and e-forums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the web page in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 605-475-8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone 605-475-8154. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from www.acb.org. Slash.